0: Hello and welcome to The Alternate Timeline. This week we are talking about the episode Halfway to Heaven. Um, And then I'm going to give you a couple of little updates on the show, collaborations, exciting stuff, good things. And then I'm going to go because I am very behind on next week's episode for advice. Um, Which feels like a thing I'm saying more and more these days. But I am trying to get back ahead. I was ahead for a while and now I'm I'm not ahead anymore. But (laughs) I'm trying to get back to it. Anyway, um... This week is, uh, it was a weird week. Uh, I will not say what time it is on Friday that I'm recording this, and, uh, we're just gonna move on. Okay. Today we are talking about aging in space, um, and a couple of things that I didn't talk about in the episode. Um, there's a really cool and interesting connection between the last episode of Flash Forward, Shock and Awe, and this one, Halfway to Heaven, um, this question of how to heal someone uh, has a space research angle. So obviously medicine in space is going to be complicated and hard to figure out. We sort of talked about that a little bit on the episode. Um, but there is actually a researcher, and there's lots of researchers, but there's one particular researcher named Dr. Ronke Olabisi who is working on speeding up the healing process specifically in space, which is really cool and actually kind of overlaps in interesting ways with what you heard Daniel Cohen talking about last episode. So Dr. Olabisi works at Rutgers, and her work focuses on tissue engineering and regenerative medicine to repair bone, skin, muscle, and the retina, which is actually great because it might help uh, astronauts with the eye problems that we talked about on the on this episode. Um, and obviously, you know, if you are on a long-term mission to Mars or just out into space or even to the moon, there is, you know, extra incentive to repair wounds faster just because, you know, you're already kind of in a foreign environment, And if you can get things going quickly, um, that would be good. And also, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you need everybody to be working on the space station or like doing the things that need to get done. And if you are injured, that obviously can't happen very well. Um, And so, yeah, so... There's some really interesting work that Dr. Olabisi is doing on all of this stuff. I did not I did try to get her f- to talk about this on the episode. Um, I did send her an email, but obviously, you know, not everyone, uh, you can't always get everybody you want. Not everybody um, can come on the show. So um, I will link to a couple of cool pieces about her research in the notes for this bonus podcast. Um, other than that, I did not actually cut that much this week. Um, you know, I can talk forever about the ways in which I – learned about nursing homes and sort of like changed my mind about nursing homes in the course of reporting about them actually originally for a piece for wired um that i wrote earlier this year um which is sort of funny i'll tell this story don't don't tell my editor at wired that i don't do this but basically i pitched a story um to him about how we should abolish nursing homes and he was like eh, i don't really know it doesn't really like eh. he was like not convinced and then i pitched it again in the context of coronavirus i was like hey as we're seeing all these people dying you know maybe we should do this piece and again he was like eh and then but you know with the with the coronavirus deaths he was like okay why don't you write a draft and so i wrote a draft and then um we sort of went back and forth on it a bunch and at the beginning he was like very hard to convince and then as the pandemic has progressed and more and more people have died um he kind of came around And uh, was like, all right, fine, you're right. Um, And the the annoying thing about that, though, was that like we spent so long editing it and going back and forth um, that we wound up like we could have been like my piece could have been the first piece published to connect coronavirus and nursing home abolition in a big magazine. Um, But it wound up not being the first because we wound up going back and forth so much. So. As a journalist, it's like, ah, I could have, like, I could have been been the first. But I, um, I'm still glad I wrote it, and um, I do think I convinced my editor, which is good. And, um, yeah, in the course of reporting that story and then this episode, um, I've just learned a lot about the ways in which different kinds of programs for aging folks and disabled folks um, are better than a nursing home situation. So um, I'm really interested in that. And I sort of have learned a lot about that in the last, you know, two-ish years of thinking about it. So um, obviously lots of people have been thinking about this for a long time, but um, it was something that I wanted to talk to you all about because I think it's something that is going to become more and more of a conversation moving forward. Um, And I do think personally, my personal opinion is that I think that in the future in the sort of medium term future at some point we will look back at nursing homes and be like wow that was like not great in the way that we kind of look back at like mental asylums now and we're like ooh that was not a good era and that wasn't a good way to handle those people, I think we will look back at nursing homes in that sort of similar same way. So anyway, um, and I also should say that like this is not to say that the people who work in nursing homes are bad people. I don't think that that's true. Um, I think that a lot of them really do care about the people who live there and are trying their best to, you know, make their lives good. Um, It's more about the systems and the structures that exist uh, to create those places Um, so, you know, I should say that, I guess maybe I should have said that in the episode so far, no one's yelled at me, um, which is good, (laughs) but sometimes people take things kind of personally. Um, okay. Okay. I really, yeah, other than that, I didn't really cut very much this week, so I'm going to keep this uh, bonus episode short and sweet because I have to get back to doing some of this other stuff that i got to do. Um, but the big news, the big exciting news in Flash Forward land, which you've probably already at this point heard me talk about, um, either via a newsletter or uh, the Patreon post or just in general, um, is that the Flash Forward book is now available to pre-order. Ah. Um, I'm super excited about this. I'm really happy that I can finally share the link and the cover with you all. Um, it's been obviously a long time in the works, right? Like I've been working on this book for a long time. Um, and I'm super excited to be able to finally kind of show you what it looks like um, and to have the link for you to be able to pre order. So, you all sort of saw in the newsletter this week that um, the cover and you got the link. But if you are not a newsletter reader, um, that's fine. I will also link to the pre order. Um, Place in the show notes. And the link I'm going to put in sort of has pre-order links for like all the different websites, Amazon and IndieBound and book, um, bookshop.org and, you know, Powell's and, and all that stuff. So, um, people have asked which is the best for me in terms of like pre-ordering, like where to pre-order. Um, what I will say is that I'm never going to encourage you to use Amazon. (laughs) In general, I would always prefer for you to order it from your local bookstore or from bookshop.org or IndieBound or some independent bookstore um, if you can. Um, And I will also the other thing I'll say about pre-orders is that um, they're really important for, especially for first-time authors like me, Um, pre-orders do a couple of different things. The first thing they do, so obviously, like, the book isn't printed yet, like, Printed copies of the book don't exist yet. So, what pre orders do is basically signal interest in the book, which means that um, booksellers, both in real life and online, will make sure to actually order a bunch of these books so they can have them to send out. It sort of expresses an interest in the book to make sure that they stock the book, um, which is important because if, um, and I have a friend who this happened to, like if there is a lot more interest in the book when it actually comes out than there was, and like no pre orders, then the book ends up on like back issue, and that's annoying for readers who like can't get the book. Um, so that's one big thing is like pre-orders sort of show that people want to buy the book and are excited about the book so that, you know, the book will, um, be stocked in these stores. Um, it also means pre-order numbers also mean that publishers are, if they're good pre-order numbers, that means that the publisher will be more likely to buy another book from that author like me in the future. Um, so if I were to want to sell another book, in my life having good pre-orders for this book will make that a little bit easier so um pre-ordering is really important and if you are excited about the book please consider pre-ordering it um that would be so amazing um it's like a just think of it like a present to your future self right like um yeah um and also like the book is good (laughs) and it's i'm really excited for you to see it um You've probably already heard me talk about it, but just so you kind of know what it is, the book is 12 chapters, and every chapter begins with an amazing original comic by an amazing artist. It's 12 different artists, and they are all like so fun and weird and interesting, and most of them are based on past episodes, but kind of reimagine them in a way that... I would never have thought of if I were reimagining them, which is great. Um, And then there are two chapters that are new that you've never heard before. So that's exciting. Um, The artists are amazing. And then after each of those original comics, there's a chapter about that future by me. Um, So the book is really cool. It's really beautiful. It's really fun. It's full of just like amazing surprises. Um, I'm super excited for you to see it in person. I am also super excited to see it in person. I have not yet gotten like a physical copy, a copy of it. Um, but I hopefully will soon. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Um, one of the nice things about it being a collaboration is that, and that there are, you know, these 12 artists who have made these amazing comics for the book is it actually makes it a lot easier for me to like excitedly promote it because if it was just my work, I would feel a little bit more like, Oh yeah, I wrote a book. Like, please go read it. But because it's, the work of all these other people who I I think are amazing. It's so much easier for me to be like they're so great. The book is so good. <laughs> um which is great. Um and you know, the other thing just to go back to the note about pre-orders like this format for the book, it's this is 12 futures. Um most of which are based on past episodes and kind of revisit them and reimagine them. Um obviously Flash Forward has done o- almost 120 episodes. Um, And so like, if this book goes really well, we could do another one with 12 new artists um, and chapters. So that would also be really cool and fun. And um, I would love to do that because it was really fun to work on. Um, A huge thank you to Matt Lubchansky and Sophie Goldstein, who kind of co-edited the book with me and helped me wrangle everything and helped me kind of like, get this whole thing together. Um, They are incredible and like, made sure that everything is actually like, done and all the assets are together and all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted and all that stuff. So they're great. Um, okay. Yeah. So I will put a link to the pre-order in the show notes for this episode. And, um, yes, I am very excited for you to see it. So, uh, I hope, I hope that you consider pre-ordering it for yourself, for a friend, both, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited and I, I will be, I'm sure I'll be talking about this book. I mean, it doesn't come out until, um, March, 2021. So, um, I will be talking about this book for the next like six months, but, um, this is like the, the key time, the pre-orders are the key time to kind of, um, to get to get it to help help the show and help the book and help the future book um okay now on to some other updates um i've got this really fun surprise for you so i've mentioned that i've been working on this new show called open world which is a science fiction anthology about the future and i am here now with a sneak preview of the show so here's the trailer Data log 03706. Hi, welcome to shop A46920. Emery's Everyday Skins. Are you looking for. NPC or person? Oh, uh, person. You can just call me robot. I'm actually here looking for someone. This is what you think is the most important thing to do the night before we go down to the surface for the first time. They could be gone. This could be millions of years old. They could have been destroyed. That's so sad. This world doesn't need to be saved. That sounds like us. I know we can't go back, but I miss things feeling real. I think that we will experience countless changes as things get more dire. I guess it's just like this collective idea, like... If enough people take a stand against something, then something will happen, hopefully. I guess that's where the word hopefully comes in. I mean, I think right now hope is basically the only thing that's gonna <laughs> keep us from you know, sliding into horrible depression and letting things get worse. So that's you know, kind of useful there. I am not going to act as though my choices don't matter. I'm going to go ahead and act like all of it does matter, a better future is possible, and we're going to get there. Change will happen no matter what. We will still be okay. Linda, enjoy your trip with Blue Orbit. Maya, open your eyes. You're missing it. Whoa, it looks like the sky is on fire. Open World, a new podcast about hope, the future, and what we can do to make things better. Coming to your ears and imaginations, October, 2020. Which sounds so cool, right? I think it sounds really great. Um, So Open World is an anthology show. Every episode, we feature an audio drama that depicts some kind of hopeful future. And then after that, I interview the creators of that show kind of about how it came together and what they were thinking and sort of what they are hopeful for. Um... Open World has kind of a long and weird history. I've mentioned it a little bit on this bonus podcast before, but it was supposed to be a project that came out of a company called Glitch, Um, but Glitch laid off all of their media people, uh, including the people working on this show. And so it was kind of up in the air for a while, uh, unclear what was going to happen. When the layoffs happened the show was like 80% done. Um, and the lead producer TK on the show, um, Keisha Dutess, um, she negotiated with them and got the rights to the show to be able to finish it. So now we're finishing it, but it's a little weird because like a lot of the work and almost all the interviews that we did for the show happened pre-pandemic. Um, happened pre-wildfires, happened like before a lot of things, before the this year, before of 2020, really felt like truly a garbage fire in many ways. And so it was sort of interesting listening to these interviews where we're talking about like, what are you hopeful for? Why is hope important? Kind of lands a little differently um, in September of 2020. But We're going to get them done. We're releasing them. Um, I still think that hope is a nice thing to try and grasp for right now, especially hope in sort of like a realistic sense and thinking about what is possible. You can go to openworldradio.com slash listen to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. I will also talk about this on the next episode of Flash Forward. Um, Okay. And then at the end, a little secret. So this is less a secret and more a plug for something, but I guess it's kind of secret secret adjacent, which is that um, the very talented and, and good Ross Sutherland, who makes a show called Imaginary Advice, which if you don't already listen to, I highly recommend. It's very much something that I think Flash Forward and Advice listeners would enjoy. Um, but he is making a new show called The Golden House, which is a puzzle show. So at the end or within every episode is a puzzle. And once you solve the puzzle, you get like extra stuff and you can find things. And it's like an ARG if you are familiar with those. Um, And I've been playing it. I'm not very good at puzzles, but I've been really enjoying it. And um, i actually like, I joined a discord server to like talk to people about this puzzle. So if you are interested, if you like that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. Um, And I, if you do want the link to that puzzle... Uh, discord, I can send it to you. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, so check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, it's, it's good and weird and very fun. So, um, that I've been, I've been puzzling over that. That's my secret. Okay. That is all for this episode. I will be back in your ears soon and I hope you have a great weekend. Bye.